Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so I'm just wondering, you know, if Trump wouldn't have banned bump stocks and also AR pistols like the Honey Badger, maybe he would have been reelected. What do you think? You know, that's kind of my thought when it comes to the Second Amendment community, because, you know, we've been dealing with you know, the bump stock ban, meaning that, you know, if you owned a bump stock, uh, you the ATF said, hey, you know what? They're illegal, even though you purchased them legally. Uh, they're now banned. You either have to turn them in or they they confiscated them and they didn't compensate you for it. And if you didn't return, you didn't turn them in or destroy it, you could be charged with a felony. Also, Honey Badger, ATF came out and said, you know what? Now, if you you in possession of those honey, honey badgers, those are illegal. So. You know, this this happened on the Trump administration. So and you got, I got to think back to, you know, I think back to my different presidents and, you know, which president, you know, we actually lost gun rights versus which presidents we gain uh, gun rights. And so I have to go back and look at, you know, what Obama did when he was in office. And unfortunately, the truth hurts. It, it really does. It just hurts. You know, and I'm a conservative, but it hurts the fact that Obama expanded gun owners' rights by, you know, gun owners can carry a loaded firearm in the Grand Canyon and other national parks. That happened under the Obama administration. Also, Amtrak, passengers, you know, were able to carry guns in their check luggage. That happened under the Obama administration. Uh, reversing a ban that was put in place after 9-11 under George Bush. Ronald Reagan started gun control in California. You know, remember when the, the Black Panthers walked into the state capital of California? Well, that's when they started their gun control. And then California just went, you know, far left and, you know, and they lost all of their gun rights whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, we, we lost we have lost more gun rights on the Republican president in the last 40 years than a Democrat president. And you know what? The truth hurts. 
So you got to look at that. I look at that and I that's how I vote. You know, and a lot of people went to the polls and people voted like in Texas. More people voted for Senator John Cornyn than they did, you know, President Trump. And those the numbers show that. Um, and there's some other things going on. There's some irregularities going on there. Uh, there's some trickery going on there as well. You know, there's some things where, you know, there are more ballots than the people that are actually registered in the county. And that's a problem that needs to be looked at as well. You know, but let me welcome to the conversation, you know, talk about that because, I, you know, there's some irre- irre- <laughs> there's some bad things. There's some trickery going on. That's what I'm trying to tell you, folks. There's some trickery going on. Uh, so let me w- uh, welcome to the mic Jennifer Fleck. She's a Republican poll watcher. Uh, and Jennifer actually ran for office as a state representative. And I want to say in District 47, 47 as a state rep. So Jennifer Fleck, welcome to come and talk it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Jennifer, you know, you you were a strong candidate running for state representative. You actually ran that election to a runoff election. I appreciate your hard work and stepping up to the plate and, you know, running for public office because that's, you know, it, that takes a lot out of you. Yes, it was a lot of work, but I was willing to do it. Um, I knew that um, things needed to change, uh, specifically in Texas and at the legislature. And I had the time and the resources and I was willing to run um to take back Texas, to be honest, that's what we need to do is take back Texas. And so and so tell me, you know, what's what's going on here with, with Travis County? Because Travis County is a very it's corrupt as far as the Travis County Elections Office, as far as the Travis County Tax Assessor's Office. And a lot of people don't know that, that the Travis County Tax Assessor's Office, which you people, we you've been totally asleep on this this office here. Totally asleep. Do you know that that employees have been arrested in this office? that the state troopers, DPS, walked into this office and arrested employees in the tax assessor's office and took them to jail. And and people totally missed this. You know, that's your tax assessor. That's the, your tax collector. You know, DPS troopers walked into the office, handcuffed employees, and arrested them under your watch this, this cycle. And it totally was missed. The media hasn't talked about it at all, except for us. You know, I mentioned it and I've talked about it. But, you know, everyone totally, totally missed this. And so this building is very corrupt building. You know, but Jennifer, you were there firsthand, you know, counting ballots, watching, well, watching the uh, the ballots being counted. Correct. And so tell us what your experience was. I just want everybody in Travis County and in the state of Texas to know that the clerk's office in Travis County is completely corrupt. They're criminals that are running our elections and processing our ballots. So after my July election, I looked at the audit logs and um, spoke to witnesses. And I knew then, I knew in July that the, the whole office was corrupt and the election had been rigged. We filed complaints with the Texas Secretary of State. A criminal invest, like just kind of what you just said, a criminal investigation was referred against the Travis County clerk to the Texas AG and on in se- on September 2nd and nothing was done. They just sat on that criminal investigation and didn't investigate her and she was then allowed to conduct the next election which mm. was November. So I volunteered as a poll watcher with the Travis County Republican Party. We had already heard that she was pulling the same trickery as you say um, that she did in July. So I went in knowing she was breaking the law and illegally uh, processing our votes. I volunteered on Monday and Tuesday. I showed up Monday morning as a poll watcher. 
I turned in my certification. They let me in, but they were obstructing poll watchers. So in Texas, when you obstruct a poll watcher, it's a class A misdemeanor. So you can go to jail for a year and or it's a $4,000 fine. So they were obstructing the poll watchers. They kept us in a separate room behind a glass. We could not hear. The room was about 20 feet deep. We could not see what was going on. There was about, at times, nine people working in this room, and we couldn't see anything. And every time we tapped on the window, they would ignore us. Every time we knocked on the window, they would come around and tell us we were acting violently and we were disparaging their character because we were accusing them of not being transparent. Ooh, all right. We're talking with Jenna Fleck. She's a Republican poll watcher. We're talking about the fact that the post office delivered 40,000 more ballots after the sweep. We're talking about what happened in Travis County. We're talking about this election. Do you know that if Trump wouldn't have banned bump stocks and AR pistols like the Honey Badger, maybe he would still have been elected president? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so I'm just wondering, you know, if Trump wouldn't have banned bump stocks, 
and also AR pistols like the Honey Badger, maybe he would have been reelected. What do you think? You know, that's kind of my thought when it comes to the Second Amendment community, because, you know, we've been dealing with you know, the bump stock ban, meaning that, you know, if you owned a bump stock, uh, you the ATF said, hey, you know what? They're illegal, even though you purchased them legally. Uh, they're now banned. You either have to turn them in or they they confiscated them and they didn't compensate you for it. And if you didn't return, you didn't turn them in or destroy it, you could be charged with a felony. Also, Honey Badger, ATF came out and said, you know what? Now, if you you in possession of one of those honey, honey badgers, those are illegal. So, you know, this this happened under the Trump administration. So and you, you got, I got to think back to, you know, I think back to my different presidents and, you know, which president, you know, we actually lost gun rights versus which presidents we gain uh, gun rights. And so I have to go back and look at, you know, what Obama did when he was in office. And unfortunately, the truth hurts. It, it really does. It just hurts. You know, and I'm a conservative, but it hurts the fact that Obama expanded gun owners rights by, you know, gun owners can carry a loaded firearm in the Grand Canyon and other national parks that happened under the Obama administration. Also, Amtrak passengers, you know, were able to carry guns in their check luggage that happened under the Obama administration. Uh, reversing a ban that was put in place after 9-11 under George Bush. Ronald Reagan started gun control in California. You know, remember when the, the Black Panthers walked into the state capital of California? Well, that's when they started their gun control. And then California just went, you know, far left and, you know, <laughs> and they lost all of their gun rights whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, we, we, lost, we have lost more gun rights on the Republican president in the last 40 years than a Democrat president. And you know what? The truth hurts. So you got to look at that. I look at that and I that's how I vote, you know, and a lot of people went to the polls and people voted like in Texas. More people voted for Senator John Cornyn than they did, you know, President Trump. And those the numbers show that. Um, and there's some other things going on. There's some irregularities going on there. Uh, there's some trickery going on there as well. You know, there's some things where, you know, there are more ballots than the people that are actually registered in the county. And that's a problem that needs to be looked at as well, you know, but let me welcome to the conversation, you know, talk about that because, I, you know, there's some irrelevant, <laughs> there's some bad things. There's some trickery going on. That's what I'm trying to tell you, folks. There's some trickery going on. Uh, so let me uh, welcome to the mic, Jennifer Flack. She's a Republican poll watcher uh, and Jennifer actually ran for office as a state representative. And I want to say in district 47, 47 as a state rep. So Jennifer Fleck, welcome to come and talk it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Jennifer, you know, you you were a strong candidate running for state representative. You actually ran that election to a runoff election. I appreciate your hard work and stepping up to the plate and, you know, running for public office because that's, you know, it, that takes a lot out of you. Yes, it was a lot of work, but I was willing to do it. Um, I knew that um, things needed to change, uh, specifically in Texas and at the legislature. And I had the time and the resources and I was willing to run um to take back Texas, to be honest, that's what we need to do is take back Texas. And so and so tell me, you know, what's what's going on here with, with Travis County? Because Travis County is a very it's corrupt as far as the Travis County Elections Office, as far as the Travis County Tax Assessor's Office. And a lot of people don't know that, that the Travis County Tax Assessor's Office, which you people, we you've been totally asleep on this this office here. Totally sleep. Do you know that that employees have been arrested in this office? that the state troopers, DPS, walked into this office and arrested employees in the tax assessor's office and took them to jail? 
And, and people totally miss this. You know, that's your tax assessor. That's the, your tax collector. You know, DPS troopers walked into the office, handcuffed employees, and arrested them under your watch this, this cycle. And it totally was missed. The media hasn't talked about it at all, except for us. You know, I mentioned it and I've talked about it. But, you know, everyone totally, totally missed this. And so this building is very corrupt building. You know, but Jennifer, you were there firsthand, you know, counting ballots, watching, well, watching the, uh, the ballots being counted. Correct. And so tell us what your experience was. I just want everybody in Travis County and in the state of Texas to know that the clerk's office in Travis County is completely corrupt. They're criminals that are running our elections and processing our ballots. So after my July election, I looked at the audit logs and um, spoke to witnesses. And I knew then, I knew in July that the, the whole office was corrupt and the election had been rigged. We filed complaints with the Texas Secretary of State. A criminal invest, like just kind of what you just said, a criminal investigation was referred against the Travis County clerk to the Texas AG and on, in, on September 2nd, and nothing was done. They just sat on that criminal investigation and didn't investigate her, and she was then allowed to conduct the next election, which mm. was November. So I volunteered as a poll watcher with the Travis County Republican Party. We had already heard that she was pulling the same trickery, as you say, um, that she did in July. So I went in knowing she was breaking the law and illegally uh, processing our votes. I volunteered on Monday and Tuesday. I showed up Monday morning as a poll watcher. I turned in my certification. They let me in, but they were obstructing poll watchers. So in Texas, when you obstruct a poll watcher, it's a class A misdemeanor. So you can go to jail for a year and or it's a $4,000 fine. So they were obstructing the poll watchers. They kept us in a separate room behind a glass. We could not hear the room was about 20 feet deep. We could not see what was going on. There was about, at times, nine people working in this room, and we couldn't see anything. And every time we tapped on the window, they would ignore us. Every time we knocked on the window, they would come around and tell us we were acting violently, and we were disparaging their character because we were accusing them of not being transparent. Ooh, all right. We're talking with Jenna Fleck. She's a Republican poll watcher. We're talking about the fact that the post office delivered 40,000 more ballots after the sweep, we're talking about what happened in Travis County. We're talking about this election. Do you know that if Trump wouldn't have banned bump stocks and AR pistols like the Honey Badger, maybe he would still have been elected president? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talking. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 1970, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this election and talking about what happened in, around the country, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say just like I, I said it, you know, four years ago, when your candidate, you know, your candidate doesn't win, what you have to do is you have to accept the results of the election and then wait four years and, and try again. Uh, I'm very consistent in everything that I do. I'm very consistent in everything that I say. Doesn't change on who's in office or who's, you know, who's not in office. Doesn't doesn't matter if I like the person that's in the office. I like the person that won or I hate the person don't like the person that won. Doesn't matter. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, just like I do every legislative session when I don't get my way. I, you know, take my my bags. I go home and I come back another day. You know, same thing with the election. It doesn't matter who, you know, who won or lost. You know, you you come back and you try again, you know, and you just try a little harder the next time. And I'm wondering, you know, if. If we, you wouldn't have gotten those extra votes, you know, especially you, know, you got to look at all the different votes. All the, the Republicans down ballot got a certain amount of numbers there uh, in every different state. Every single state Republicans uh, did better than the president did, President Trump. So you have to look at that. And unfortunately, it hurts. The truth does hurt. But if he, you know, maybe if this president hadn't you know, banned bump stocks, maybe if this president hadn't hadn't banned the honey badger in his administration, the ATF come after uh, AR pistols, maybe we wouldn't be in this predicament. You know, and it does. And I don't want to hear the fact that, well, you know, Biden's going to do worse. You know, well, unfortunately, I have to look at history and history dictates that a Republican president is probably going to be the person to take away my Second Amendment rights. Got to look at that. I look at, you know, all the different you know, different things that have happened, happened down, down the road. And unfortunately, history dictates that. All right. So we're talking about that. We're also talking about, um, and if I'm wrong, you know, give me a call. Hey, my number is 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. Tell me, tell me that I'm wrong. You know, you don't like what I'm saying. You know, tell me, you know, that Michael, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. Now, what's going on there, Rob? What's going on, Thomas? All right. Uh, so, yeah, definitely give me a call and tell me. And then Thomas says, funny thing is that the Democratic voting ele- uh, illegalities uh, are old. I read up on the race between Nixon and Kennedy. Nixon was encouraged to contest the results in Michigan, but the Electoral College results would not have made a difference. Uh, and so, I don't know. Don't know. Don't know, Thomas. But you tell me, you know, and, and I, so we'll see what happens. But we'll see what happens with this election here. All right, so let me go back to Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Fleck was telling us uh, her experience of what happened in Travis County uh, in Texas here, uh, what happened while she was poll watching. Jennifer. So I was poll watching on Monday. Uh, Dana DeBevois and her clerks were obstructing all poll watchers, Democrats and Republicans. So I uh, called the Travis County Republican Party. They contacted the Texas Secretary of State and the county attorney 
Dana Debevoir did not make any changes to the room, did not let us in. We still were not able to hear, which under the law we're allowed to. And so I called 911. And about an hour later, a sheriff showed up. I explained the law to him. They took him aside for about 30 minutes. By the time he returned, he was convinced that there was nothing that he could do for me or for us to, to uh, preserve election integrity. And so he told us that we could file a complaint with the Texas Secretary of State, which we have already done. A criminal investigation was already referred against Dana Debevoir in September. And so I was frustrated with his response. And at that moment, they found out that I was taking pictures because I'm tired of the narrative that voter fraud and election fraud is not happening. That is a lie. So I, they found out that I was taking pictures of us being obstructed, and they asked me to leave. I refused to leave. About an hour later, uh, they told me again to leave, and I refused to leave again, and I was arrested for criminal trespass. So I spent 24 hours in jail, and um, I it's unfortunate that I had to do that, that it had to come to that, but I will say that since I was arrested, the AG has taken my statement and seems to be investigating the allegations, and um, the the Republican Party of Texas filed a writ of mandamus with the Texas Supreme Court on Friday, asking the court to demand that she let poll watchers in to, now that the election is kind of a done deal now. But um, the story is getting traction. And my motive, my intent, my goal is that voters in Travis County will get a legal and fair election. And then you, you and you have to um, you, you, and I tell people this all the time that when someone asks you to leave, um, you can't argue that you can't debate that right then and there. Unfortunately, they're going to have the upper hand and then you're going to get charged with criminal trespass and you're going to lose that because verbal notice carries a lot of weight. Uh, we talk about that when we're, you know, we're talking about carrying handguns in certain places that, you know, verbal notice carries a lot of weight. So if someone asks you to leave, you have to leave because if you don't, you refuse to leave. That is, that is criminal trespass. If you have a license to carry a handgun, you can lose that license for seven years. Uh, if you're carrying a handgun, well, you can't in the polling location, but if you uh, or you know where there's polling and stuff like that, like that going on. But if you're carrying a handgun, um, then you can be charged with you know class A misdemeanor, and that's up to one year in jail. You know if you're carrying a handgun. So you know you know someone asks when they ask you to leave, leave. You know don't refuse to leave. Don't debate the issue because uh, remember you you know you're no good if you know if you're in jail. So you got to leave and do that. And then, you know, let's go back another day and see if we can get that done, uh, whatever needs to be done. Take it up to, you know, whatever levels of, of government you need to take that to. Because we're going to have to go to the Texas State Capitol um, come this next legislative session and get the legislature to address this situation. Uh, we're going to need our state reps, our state senators, and thank goodness that, you know, that uh, the Republicans still control the House. The Republicans control the Senate in, the te in Texas. And so be able to get this, these issues addressed. I think the legislature is going to address the fact of uh, COVID-19, how it happened, what the governor did, what the governor didn't do. I think the legislature is going to address that. Also, I think they're going to address the, you know, this, what happened in this election and how and mailing ballots and things of that nature. So we're going to have to you know, look at all this stuff. And that's going to be up to the legislature to do that. Because they're the ones that actually write the laws. And, you know, when the House agrees on it, the Senate agrees on it, the governor's going to sign it. You know, if not, you know, to go back to them if there's enough time. If not, then that's a done deal. But you only get six months from January to June in 2021 to address those things. 
I agree that the session is in 2021. However, I don't agree that we, the people, are represented in the legislature because if we don't have legal and fair elections, then we're not getting to elect people that care about the things that we care about. I think, I believe that the legislature has failed us. I believe the governor has failed us. I believe that the AG has failed us. Until we have legal and fair elections, we, the people, are not represented. So, so you're saying that... So you're saying that... Um... Since we don't have legal and fair elections, you don't you don't believe that you can you have to uh, you know you, you don't you can go about things in your own way without necessarily doing it legally as well, sort of. I'm saying we don't have legal and fair elections, so that the pe- the the candidates that are being advanced don't actually represent, represent the people. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so, if we don't have legal and fair elections, we actually can't advance the issues that we care about. Right. So it's a, sort of irrelevant to say, you know. Hey, let's let's change the laws because if the people aren't representing, you know, whether you're right wing, left wing, moderate, whatever, if the if the elections aren't a fair process, then there's no point in waiting until the waiting to change the laws because you don't have some. It's it's rigged from the get go. Correct. So, so when I'm, when when you when you got arrested for criminal trespassing and for filming, both of which are illegal, you're basically saying that since the process isn't fair in the first place, you're like fighting fire with fire, essentially. I say that people who break the rules and and break the laws are advancing their causes and conservatives won't break laws, won't break rules, won't push. And we are getting left behind. We're always trying. We're always playing catch up. We're always behind the ball. Taking taking um, law and order a little bit too far. Sometimes their laws are more like guidelines, Michael. What do you think about that? What I think is that you have to look at, you know, their laws. And, and, and me, I know exactly what it's like to for someone to say that you can't do something or, you know, to be mistreated or to be discriminated against and all the good kind of stuff. To, fully aware of that. You know, I'm aware of, you know, you, I look at law enforcement. I know how law enforcement treats certain people. You know, I know how the courts are stacked up. I know how law enforcement, you know, how they're they're reacting to certain things. I know the way our criminal justice system works. So I know when things are unfair. But unfortunately, regardless of whether they're unfair or not, you got to work within the system and work with no, the system. That, yes, you do, and get things done. Because if you don't, she did then, then you then she and winds she's up, on the radio and she winds up in jail. Hey, we all you know going to jail is not that big of a deal. Again, how, how long were you in the big house? Twenty four hours, and again, one day. I would, and, and I bet she would do it again. I, I bet would, that's what she was about to say. I would do it again. She believes in what she did. I would do it again because nothing else was working, and now. I am giving my statement. Civil to disobedience. That's what it is. That's Nothing what uh, else who, who wrote was that? Working. Thoreau. Right. And if I was disobedient and I was uh, civil like that in that nature, I probably would have been shot in the Travis County Clerk's office. So unfortunately, I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to do that. When someone asks me to leave, I'm going to leave. If not, they're probably going to beat me with their nightstick. They may even <laughs> end up shooting me, you know, but I'm not going to put myself in that situation. And I suggest no one else do the same thing. You got to follow the process, got to do what you need to do, got to take it up to the Texas legislature. You got to get your elected official. You got to go to the Capitol and get them to do what they need to do. Only if the you elected stand, official is... You got to stand in their office and knock on their doors and get them to hear your voice. But only if the elected official is fairly and duly elected. Right. Welcome to America. Welcome to Texas. Yeah, we don't like Welcome that. We're to trying to life. change it. Yeah, talk to the Indians. <clears throat> they found that out in a hard way as well. Indigenous people. I've tri- I tried that. I'm an activist. I'm an activist on other issues, keeping graphic sex ed out of schools and, and parental rights. And I was an activist in the two, well, several, the, the last several sessions. In 2019, I came to a point where I was like, why doesn't anybody care? 
Why doesn't anybody in this building care that they are exploiting children? Why? And I decided to run. The reason why is because they're not we're not getting fair and legal elections. We That's come back why. from the break. We'll go back to Jennifer Fleck, talk about this election. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this election. We're talking about how does this election affect the Second Amendment community? Well, if Trump would have been would have would not have banned bump stocks and AR pistols like the honey badger, he would have been reelected president. You know, Obama expanded gun rights. Uh, he carried you can actually carry a loaded firearm in the Grand Canyon, also in other national parks because of President Obama. In Amtrak, Amtrak passengers can carry guns in checked luggage because of President Obama, which reversed a ban that was put in place after 9-11 under George Bush. Ronald Reagan started gun control in California. Now, we have lost more gun rights on the Republican president in the last 40 years. Give me a call. Let me know if I'm right or wrong. My number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. It, it, is, it is pretty bizarre how gun rights... It doesn't really matter who's in office, really. They just they keep going away. Yeah, just yeah, just depends. Uh, Frank, Frank, with Cedar Park, you want me to come and talk it? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, just hats off to the great patriot that you got in the room with uh, Jennifer. I mean, she's awesome. So uh, kudos to her first. And uh, no, it wouldn't make any difference at all. They determined the number of ballots that they needed to uh, affect, effectively steal the election. So our, our right to vote and until we actually address this and put people in jail uh, doesn't mean anything. Yep. And and they've done that for years. It doesn't matter. I mean, not, not this, this, this year. It's done. LBJ did it. Daily, Mayor Daly did it. Uh, Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle do it to each other. E.I. Bernie probably got the nomination and Biden probably did not. So, uh, yeah, we, we really got to fix this. And until we do, uh, we don't have fair and free elections. And I'll just leave you with that. I appreciate what y'all do, all of you. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate you, Frank. All right, so Jennifer, you know, what do we do? How do we fix this problem? Well, I 100% agree that um, fair and legal elections is a bipartisan issue that um, not only are Republicans being hurt, but the more moderate Democrats in Travis County are also being hurt because they're advancing the more socialist Democrat in every race. Mm. So moderate Democrats in Travis County are not being represented, period. So what can we do? Well, two city council races have gone to a runoff, uh, District 6 and District 10, and we should demand, it's set for December 15th, we should demand in Travis County that Dana Debevoise and her office not get to conduct that runoff election, not come near our ballots, and the city of Austin should get behind uh, Mackenzie Kelly and Jennifer Verdon for District 6 and District 10. All right. And once again, that call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. All right, so I'm I'm going to go back to my 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 previous statement. 
you know, <laughs> I'm going to hammer it home. And I hurt. I hope it hurts. You know, that's why I keep saying it over and over again. I hope it hurts. You know, if you hadn't, if we, this administration would not have been bump stocks. This administration would not have gone after AR pistols the way they're going after them. Then maybe things would have changed. You know, maybe people would have been motivated to get up and actually, you know, actually vote for this particular president because your your state senators and other Republicans down ballot got more Republican votes than the actual president did. And that happened in every single state, every single election. Right. So I'm going to go back and say the same thing. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Would you have voted for Trump if he would have been better for 2A? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Without hands down, because I'm very consistent. I'm, I'm all about the Second Amendment because the Second Amendment protects all of our rights. If I have my, I agree. if I can, you know, I have, if I have my, I have my second, then I can protect everything else. I protect my first, I protect my third, my fourth, and so on and so forth. I, I do know a, a decent amount of of two uh, A people, people in the two A community. I should say that uh, that didn't vote. For Your Trump. diehard people are upset about yeah. the fact that and you're if you look, bump at, if you look at some of the some of the states, the swing states where yes. Trump lost. Uh, Trump didn't lose. We don't know who lost. The vote tallies don't represent the voters, period. Does anybody in this room think that the two transportation measures actually passed in the Prop city of a. Austin? Prop A should not have passed. Prop B should not have passed. I do not believe that that is an accurate reflection of Do you have a lot of, of friends that are, that are progressive or liberal, though? No, I don't. So then your, your perception might be off. Right. I, I, too, find it hard to believe that it actually passed. I'm not saying that you're wrong. But um, I could I also I mean, my my immediate group of people that I hang around are mostly, you know, moderates and libertarians and maybe some conservatives. But I don't know. Well, no, I do know a decent amount of people. I know a decent amount of people that are progressive that also voted against Prop A. Now I know I a lot of people. It. I don't live my life in an echo chamber where the people yeah, around me are saying well, I'm a reporter. I'm, yeah. I, I run around all over the place. Talk right. to everybody. So, yeah, you got to get out of the echo chamber. I, you got to get you know, this, the other voices. Listen, without transparency, we cannot be sure that the voters are being represented. We don't have I transparency. I also agree with that. Dana Debravois and her office will not let poll watchers in. If you have nothing to hide, there's no reason why you should not let poll watchers in and do their job. Job that they're given under the law. What I can say is this election is a wash. This is done. Yeah. So all we need to do is, you know, pick it up. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Let's figure out what we can change at the legislature uh, come 2021 and see how we can make it different for the next election. Because this wait, is wait, a wait, wash. Wait, wait, wait. This is the exact you same thing. That... Same thing we dealt with, with, you know, the, the Democrats come in 2016. You know, it's no. Yes, yeah, same no, this thing. No, this election is the same thing as 2000. Same thing. This is the same thing as the, the 2000 election mm-hmm. when... It, sorry, all it is, it's going to be redistricting, and that's all they're going to get done. It's going to be all virtual. Activists aren't going to be able to come in and testify. And this legislative session is going to be be a complete wash. None of us are going to get anything advanced that we care about, period. We can if we you, you got to. I don't think this election is over. You got to push. I've been told I've been told that I've been told that, you know what? Open carry will never pass in Texas. I've been told that campus carry will never pass in Texas. I've been told so many different things that will never ever happen. And then you know, you because people will, people stand at the Capitol and they bring, you know, they they tell stories, they bring people out of state that don't live in this state mm-hmm. to try to keep you from getting the things that you want. But you know what I do? I continue to push and to fight. I don't let someone tell me no. I don't take no for an answer. You know well, what? Well, she's not either. But hold on. Hold on. 2A, the Second Amendment, you can get some bipartisan uh, or you can get, yeah, bipartisan support. 
for some reason, sexualizing children, for some reason, is a partisan issue. I don't know why. Every single Democrat wants to sexualize children. Every single Republican doesn't. Why is that a partisan issue? You just happen to care about something that you can get support partisan, from both sides. Okay, yeah. That's what's that's why your issue is maybe advances more so than other pro life or Well, how how did how do you develop partisan support? I don't you know. know. I go into every office and and ev- no not one, not one single democrat cares about parental rights and and sexualizing children. Not one. What do you think, Michael? Sometimes you, sometimes you have to sit down and talk to people and, and willing to see where they're willing to compromise on certain issues so you can get a little bit of what you want. You, you may not be able deals. to get everything. I never get everything that I want, but I have to sit down and, and talk and, and try to compromise a little bit and get a little bit of what I want. I uh, want what the people want. I want the voters represented by their legislature. Sometimes we you're not going to that. Sometimes you're not going to you're not going to get instant gratification. It's like having sex. You're not going to get everything you want. You're I've not been gonna, working on this. They're not going to go all the way that you want them to go. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, watch it. it. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you have to settle for you know the little bit that you can get. I don't want a little bit. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I want the voters represented. I want Texas. I want Texas to be the independent, freedom-loving, liberty-fighting state that I was born in and I grew up in. Texas should be leading this country on everything that we that Americans care about. I agree. Sounds like you need to go so, to uh, Sounds like you need to run for office again. For, for libertarian. I'll never run in Travis County as long as Dana Debevoise is running our elections because she's fixing and rigging elections. And also period. and maybe maybe we need to have that conversation about voting libertarian or voting independent. I'm all for independence and libertarians. I lean libertarian. Uh, well, maybe we need to we need to show that by actually voting for libertarian candidates. And if libertarians can actually get a certain percentage of vote, that would change. That would change a lot if they can get that nice third, you know, <laughs> that third candidate, that yeah. third choice Statistic- instead of having yeah. the left and the right. Yeah. Well, the binary is system hard. is garbage. Yeah. It's, not, it's not hard because people don't do it. You be, I, I, people that I talk to, everyone talks about the fact that they, they're libertarian leaning. Uh, they talk about it all the time, but then no one actually goes out and vote. You know, for they that libertarian yeah, they candidate. Don't vote libertarian. No, they don't. They talk about it, but they don't vote for the candidate. Did you? I I did. So did I. <laughs> I sure did. I voted for the libertarian in HD forty seven. Yeah. Where I Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and 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 it and it changes votes also. You know, maybe that's another reason why some of those vote totals weren't as high as we thought they were. Also. You know, that affects those numbers a little bit. We have to fix it. It has to get fixed. It's we can't continue on. If Trump um, does nothing else the next four years but fix election integrity, that will be a win for the American people. We have to fix it. I don't know if you guys know, but our votes are actually tabulated outside of this country. That should not be. We need American-owned election software and hardware companies. It, what do you mean outside of the country? Twenty-six states have contracts where our votes are tabulated in Barcelona and Frankfurt, Germany, and then sent back into America. They ha- they're private companies that run election software. And they're sending our votes outside of the country. That should not be happening. All right, let's talk about the fact that uh, 40,000 40, mail-in ballots were delivered by the United States Postal Service on Thursday as it continued court-ordered sweeps of postal centers across the country. 
So the Postal Service reported reported early Friday that it found 1,076 ballots at its Philadelphia Processing and Distribution Center, about 300 at a Pittsburgh Processing Center, and more at other centers across the state. Now, ballots in Pennsylvania must be postmarked by Election Day but can be received by Friday evening and still count. It is one of more than a dozen states with deadlines to receive ballots stretching into the next week. Now, ballots have also been delivered in North Carolina, where about 500 were found during sweeps. And U.S. District Judge Emmett Sullivan on Thursday ordered twice daily sweeps to be conducted during during the morning and the afternoon at a postal service facility in states where the deadline to receive ballots has been extended due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now, about 150,000 ballots were delivered Wednesday following sweeps, according to a lawyer for a nonprofit organization, Vote Forward. Now, the vast... According to this uh, this news report, the vast majority were dis, dis, uh, destined for postmark states and would be delivered on time under state election law. And that's according to one of the, the postal services that said that in, in Reuters. Uh, some states, including Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and North Carolina, are still counting ballots as a result of the 2020 ele- presidential <laughs> election. Re- how how long did the, tw- the 2000 election last? W- when was Bush officially... Um... Oh, it, it lasted. It, it took a few. It was a few weeks. weeks. Yeah, that's it, what I, it, I was pretty young. But yeah, there's no instant gratification. There's something with just this generation here that wants instant gratification. You know, when it comes to things, they don't understand the fact that, you know, Florida totally screwed that up. And it took Florida a long time to fix that. We were dealing with chads. Do you remember Chad? Hanging chads. Exactly. Hey, People- you know, what's funny. Uh, the, <laughs> the, fact, the fact that for a couple days there, the entire election was hinged you know the the it was hinging on the state of nevada was funny because you know like the vegas and people gambling and whatnot i don't know i thought it was hilarious i have a bunch of friends that were gambling on who was gonna win hmm. you know it's kind of uh poetic american <laughs> people need to understand that we have an enemy that lives in this country that wants to an enemy a, that wants to destroy this country wants to take our freedoms wants to take our liberties and we have to wake up it's not and- just uh, it's like it's not a, politi- a a partisan thing, though. You know, I'm not saying that you're saying that, but that's what people need to realize is that it's not a partisan thing. The, 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 the binary political system pins pits people against each other. When in reality, I don't think I don't think uh, the the average Democrat or Republican really has that much of a difference in opinion on a lot of the topics. I agree. I right. agree. We're talking about the election. We're talking about how does this election affect the Second Amendment community? We're talking about. If Trump, you know, maybe would not have banned bump stocks, maybe he would have not, you know, come after the, you know, AR pistols. Maybe more Republicans would have stood up and actually voted for him and not sit on their hands. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so you know that gun sales uh, to first-time buyers skyrocketed amid the fears of a bloody election and unrest? That's right. Uh, Gun sales soared prior to this election. So, like legions of other first-time buyers who are, are contributing to record sales for the U.S. gun industry this year, 
this one particular person here uh, says that the decision to take up arms is driven in part by disturbing news about the coronavirus pandemic, social unrest over police killings of black people in potential contested election that many fear could spark violence. Um, and, you know, I, every time, you know, we, we, we think about the, the worst is going to happen. I've had people walk into the gun store, you know, saying that, you know, that on election night, the day after election, the world's going to end. You know, all this stuff is going to happen. People actually say these things. That the world's um, going to end? Oh, yeah. What? It's D-Day. The world's going to end. Everything's going to, you know, come to, come to head uh, on, you know, the day after the election. Um, it's, I tell you, it's, it's the things that, that are said and happened in the gun store were just below your mind. Hey, well, you, you're talking about first-time gun owners going up, right? I believe we have a video of that, Michael. We do? You want to run that? Ah, sure, yeah. Casey, can you run the video that uh, we recorded at Centex? Yeah, it's at, the, it's at the end of the... At the end of the dock. Um, yeah, I went, I went to Central Texas Gunworks, and I asked employees and customers and a firearms instructor why they thought first-time gun ownership is skyrocketing. Before the election. Did you buy a gun recently? Yes. First time? Yes. Really? Nice. Yes. What made you do it? I felt unsafe. I'll be honest. I felt unsafe. I knew that this election was um, going to produce a lot of um, unease. And I I did. I felt unsafe. And I think owning a gun is preventative. I, I, don't, I hope I never have to use it. But I, I think it's unwise to not own a gun. Now. And and the gun industry is actually very predictable. You know, you can right. you can always look at what's going on, and 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 I'll, I'll tell you if gun sales are going to go up. I'll tell you if gun there's going to be gun shortage. I'll tell you if there's going to be ammunition shortage. Every year, you know, a normal year, I can tell you when the gun industry is going to be busy, good time to buy. I can tell you when the gun industry is not going to be busy, a bad time to buy. You know, but customers don't listen. You know, you tell them you tell them things, and they're just like, "I want this, and I yeah. want this right now." I'm just yeah. telling you, you're not going to be able to get this. It's going to take a little while, and they're just like, "Well, you want to know why?" Well, because unfortunately, well, everything's on back order. Right times now. are tough right now, you know. Yeah, uh, and you got to look at the big picture. What's going on in other countries? People don't want to realize they don't want to. They don't want to hear the fact that a lot of our parts and pieces, and some of our guns, the a lot of our guns come from overseas. The different parts come from overseas. Unfortunately, they're not made in America. You're like, oh, Second Amendment, America. Guess what? That gun's probably not made in America. <laughs> it's made in another country. Or some parts of that is made in another country. And other countries don't take the Second Amendment the way we do. You know, the Second Amendment is very important to us, and we're not shutting down, you know, our gun stores and stuff like that here. But unfortunately, in other countries, they shut their places down when the country shut down. And so it takes months, six months to eight months to get stuff, you know, from them to us overseas. And that's the fact of it. But take a listen to uh, some of the customers, the employees, and an instructor, what they had to say inside Central Texas Gunworks. I'm Gary Faust with Come and Talk It. And today we are outside of Central Texas Gunworks in Austin, Texas, to speak with customers and employees alike about the uptick in first-time gun owners leading up to the 2020 election. All right, I'm here with Gina Roberts, a firearms instructor from California, and thank you for talking to me today. Have you have you noticed any changes in the 2A landscape leading up to the election? Absolutely. It has been uh, truly uh, remarkable, the changes that I've seen with the, especially our liberal friends. Have you noticed a shift in who's purchasing firearms amongst your friends or family? Um, I don't think I've necessarily seen a shift, but... A lot of people close to me have been deciding to buy 
farms for the first time in the last year. I'm here with Andres at Central Texas Gunworks, and you are a sales associate, and you've been dealing with customers on a daily basis for the past how many months? Uh, like last six months. The last six months. And have you noticed any changes in the clientele at Central Texas Gunworks? Yes, it's been an increase of uh, a lot of beginners, a uh, person that actually never owns a guns before, and they want to take a class. They want to know about like beginner class, private classes, and all that. And we got a, a lot of beginners. What about an increase in first-time gun owners? Unbelievable. I think something in the neighborhood of like 54% of the gun purchases in San Diego County, where I live, are brand new, never ever bought a gun uh, before. Do you have an idea for what the reason behind these people buying guns for the first time is? Uh, I guess like most of most of them uh, after the coronavirus, they got scared. You know, they thought the food was gonna. There was no going to be food anywhere. Uh, people were going to break into houses and stuff. So they got scared. They started trying to get guns, you know, just to survive and defend and protect themselves pretty much. Do you think that election fears are going to shift people's political viewpoints? Yes, uh, both towards our side and, and away from our side. So and I'm going to say our side being, you know, the pro-gun, pro-right side. Has there been an uptick in sales leading up to the election? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure uh, there is. Uh, the last the last couple of weeks, it's been an increase of uh, gun sales, so I think so. I'm pretty sure. Do you think people are concerned about what's going to happen in the aftermath of the 2020 election between Trump and Biden? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really into all that, but I heard like a couple of people saying that if uh, Trump loses, uh, they're going to, uh, like, uh, People at the ATF is going to take all the guns from everybody, which I don't think is going to happen. And same thing, uh, and vice versa. They think if we then uh, win and Trump loses, uh, there's not, you cannot buy any guns or something like that. You know, pretty much. That's what they're saying, but I don't really know how how it is. So, because we've seen a drastic increase in the number of people who would consider themselves liberal or moderate or left wing who are purchasing guns for the first time this year. And a lot of it's due to, you know, election fears. Do you think that's a valid concern that people should be fearful of the election, of, of you know, what might have to happen after the election? Um, I think it's important to always be prepared. You know, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. I don't necessarily think people should be fearful because if you're well prepared, there's nothing to fear. Personally, that's what I believe. Well said. So there's been a lot of first-time gun buyers. Has there been a change in sort of the demographic of who's buying guns because you know stereotypically the media will tell people that it's all uh, white men buying firearms is that the case no no uh, I'm seeing a lot of increase on the on black people Hispanic people and Indians also Asians a lot of Asians have come and, and buy guns for the first time so it's not it's not just white is is like a balance you know everybody why do you think that that so many more people who were not a gun owner before are now purchasing firearms? Um, well, I mean, people really seem to believe that another civil war is going to happen. That seems to be a discourse. I thought it was funny. I was on that Texas Gun Traders website, and uh, one of the ads for ammo was like, pre-election day sale, which I thought was like really funny. But also, like that's exactly what's on people's minds. Um, so I think that people are sensing an intensity of a passion 
for certain political ideologies. Um, and it's just not really safe out here. You know what I mean? People are getting killed. Um, people are scared. Other people are stocking up. Like, we see the sales of guns going up. As you can see, a combination of factors are influencing folks across the political spectrum to purchase firearms for the first time in the months leading up to the 2020 presidential election. I'm Gary Faust with Come and Talk It. And you got to look at, you know, you got to remember supply and demand. And we look at the supply. When the supply is low, the demand is high, the cost is going to go up. You know, it's, it's basic civics 101. And people, you know, have totally forgotten about this. Uh, you know, everyone's everyone's going to get guns. Everyone wants to, you know, everyone would get they want to get ammunition. You know, uh, there are people out there trying to get nine mil. They're trying to get, you know, two, two, three, five, five, six. And guess what? The the supply is low. The demand is very high, higher than it's ever been. And so the cost is going to go up. And that's only going to get worse now that Biden is uh, is now going to be the next president of the United States. Guess what? The cost of ammunition uh, is going to be even higher. Uh, the cost of you know firearms is probably going to go up. Maybe maybe there's going to be some talk of banning some type of gun that's out there. And so just to talk of it, even if it happens, it doesn't happen. Uh, the cost is going to go up. You know that's what's going to happen. So like the guy said in the video, you know you need to get ready. You know instead of you, know, you should already be ready. You don't you shouldn't have to get ready. So I stay ready. Stay ready. I saw you on election day. What were you wearing on election day? I was wearing a, I was wearing a bulletproof vest. I was ready for I was Body ready for armor. that. That's right. Bulletproof vest. Had my AR. 3,000 rounds. Hey, you know that? The reporter that did that uh, video there, he was a pretty handsome guy, pretty charismatic. I don't know. I think he's that. a real, he's a real uh, stellar part <laughs> of the, the, the show. <laughs> I think that guy needs a raise. <clears throat> I, 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 don't, I don't think he's earned it yet. So, Jennifer, <laughs> so uh, what do you want to uh, say to the people in closing there? Uh, you know what? When we come back from the break, I'm going to let you I'll let you close out and tell us uh, what do you expect to happen? You know, uh, do you have a court date and where can people support you? Do you have a GoFundMe page? We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this election. I want to talk about talk with Jennifer Fleck about, you know, when is your court case? How can people support you? Because a lot of people like what you have to say, you know. So when is your case? How do you support you? My case is November 24th. Um, I don't have a record. I've never been to jail. It's a class B misdemeanor. I'm hoping and thinking that it will get dismissed. I'm an attorney. I plan on either representing myself or having a Patriot attorney uh, represent me for free. Okay, so November 24th, okay? Correct. <clears throat> All right, and what court is that? You know, I don't know. Travis County. I don't know what court I'm in. Okay, okay. And then in, in can people, is there a GoFundMe page anyway that people can you know nope. support you in that way? I don't have a GoFundMe page. Okay. I don't. I'm hoping this doesn't cost a lot of money. Right. But thank <laughs> you for asking. No, no. Criminal trespass? That's, you're fine. Yeah. I can I'm represent fine. you. I've been to court enough times. <laughs> I, re I won my case last time. 
But I will say this. I've had many candidates reach out to me <laughs> that were on the ballot in November in Travis County. And uh, also a transportation pack has reached out to me. And so there may be a lawsuit in the works where we, um, uh, you know, allege that the Travis County clerk has illegally processed votes and that they didn't get a fair election. Right. And that and that's exactly what should happen. That's exactly the way to do it. You know, 100 um, percent. And so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, sorry that it actually happened to you. I'm sorry you experienced that, you know, in the Travis County Elections Office. You know, but I, like I said, that is a corrupt office. That's the corrupt building. Uh, the tax assessor is a very corrupt building, a correct office, and we did not hold them accountable this election. We put the same people back into office again to continue doing their corrupt, their same corrupt business as usual with your tax dollars. Yep. <laughs> the, Travis, the Texas Department of Public Safety DPS troopers walked into the tax assessor's office and arrested employees, <laughs> and we did not hold them accountable this election. That's right. They don't think you're stupid. They know you're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's sort of like when you tell your child, if you do that again, I'm going to ground you or spank you or punish you, and you just keep saying it, but you don't ever do it. That's the same thing. We're, yeah. we, we, we have laws in place. They break the laws. There's supposed to be a penalty, but they, it's never. But they that- keep doing the same thing, which is why I respect what you did. Even if I may have difference of opinion with you on a number of issues, you can't. You can't it's the same thing with the constituency, though. You can't have these people saying, We've got rigged elections. We've got rigged elections. That's all talk. And if you're all talk and you, you, you can't, and you don't walk the walk, then they're going to keep doing it. But if people start walking into these places and getting arrested and getting carted out in the, in the, the paddy wagon, you know what I'm saying? It's going to start changing things, whether you like it or not, Michael. Because you know what? You know what changed after, uh, after the uh, BLM protests? Police got defunded. That stuff does work. Civil disobedience does work. It's you can't always just wait to bring it to the legislature because sometimes it's too late and you got more corrupt people in there. Now, I'm also saying, you know, you go into jail for one day as a poll watcher is not going to change that much. But those little incremental uh, events, I mean, these these little less significant events can develop incremental change. It creates public pressure. It yeah, it's, it's creates public pressure and public awareness and when more people are demanding that the laws be enforced, then it's hopefully, the idea is, is we're going to force the AG to do his job and to prosecute election crimes. And the governor said that he's going to take that power away from the city of Austin, and he's going to regulate it on the state level. What? Yeah, exactly. You missed that part, didn't you? No, I don't like that either. Yeah, I don't okay. like that either. <laughs> Listen, yeah. if you put... <laughs> you, missed, you missed that part. Oh, you're part, real proud you? of yourself over there, no, Michael. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's cause and effect when it comes to everything. There's a certain way to do everything. Um, and yeah. the way that yes. you, you can't destroy someone's property and think that some everyone's going to jump up and down and and support you because but you're destroying it, property. But it's it's been working with these people that are my age, mm-hmm. these younger people, because they're, mm-hmm. they're they're uh, part, I don't know. They're, that's a whole I actually don't agree with the governor putting the Austin Police Department underneath the DPS. I and don't this, either. This is why. Hold on, but the Republican leadership allows problems to fester. So if we had legal elections, we could elect city council members that represent our interests. But if we don't have legal elections, then the problem just gets worse. So how do you worse solve it? And worse. Legal elections. How? Um, yeah, that's a good take question. Take the criminals. Huh? Hold on. We got to prosecute election crimes and we have to put honest who, people. Who? Who's we? Who's going to prosecute? Who's going to prosecute? The it's the same General. problem with the police. I know. They're not because they're corrupt too. The whole system's corrupt, which is why I think that when I, I really do support what you did, because I think it's the only thing that really p- 
puts it out there. Yeah, on behalf of the black community, I'm going to welcome you to the black community. Welcome to the United States of America. All right, so let's talk about use of force. Thank, you for, thank you for having me. <laughs> are you ta- you talking to me or her? No, both of you. I'm welcoming you to the. I'm welcoming you to Black America. Uh, that such is life, and I'm gonna welcome Man. you to the the indigenous. We live in America. In, indigenous All people. people matter. All right, well, I'm gonna welcome you to the indigenous people, to the Indians, and we make you an Indian. <laughs> I'm an American and Indian. Welcome to America. I have an American. So Indian. you understand. I am, I'm a female. Great. Female you, has females have um, endured more persecution you, you, than Black America. You un- so you understand the, the great fox truck and how the Indians feel. Yes, great. I do. All right, outstanding. So be a patriot, be a Texan, so fight for America. Grab a gun. Why'd you wait so long to go buy a gun? I never have felt this unsafe, to be honest. And I didn't grow up with guns. I didn't have a dad that had a gun. Well, you gonna learn today. Yes. You gonna learn today. <laughs> you gonna learn today. All right. I love it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about use of force and daily force. I get I got this question this week. You know, people said, you know, what do I do, Michael, if I find myself driving on I-35 and there's a riot, protest, whatever, I'm sitting on the interstate. You know, what do I do? And people surround my vehicle. They're on 35. Uh, they're pounding my vehicle. What do I do? Unfortunately, the law does not give you anything other than civil remedy uh, to handle that situation because someone's pounding on your vehicle and blocking traffic, banging on your vehicle. All you can do is get a good description of that person and take it up civilly, you know, because unless the police arrest them for blocking the roadway, which is a class A misdemeanor blocking the roadway. But if the police do not arrest them uh, because we've defunded the police, <laughs> then you have to deal with it civilly. Uh, and all, all you can do is sit in your vehicle. The Texas Castle Doctrine says that if someone's attempting to enter your vehicle or remove you from your vehicle, you can use force or daily force to stop them. It doesn't say just because someone's pounding on your vehicle, uh, someone's standing next to your vehicle, you can use force or daily force to stop them. Now, if someone's pointing a gun at you, that's another story. Then do you feel that this person's trying to kill you? If you think they're committing, they're trying to attempt murder, they're trying to kill you, then you can use force or daily force to stop them. So... You got to understand use of force and daily force. I encourage people if you're not going to if you're going to carry a gun but you're not going to get your license, it's always good to come to class and take a license to carry handgun course so we can go over the Texas laws with you. Because uh, there's a difference between the stand your ground law and the Texas Castle Doctrine. The stand your ground law says that if someone's attempting, you know, basically if 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 someone's committing, you know, some type of crime, whether it's uh, aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, you can stand your ground. You have no duty to retreat. Uh, as long as you're not committing criminal trespass, as long as you have a right to be there, uh, as long as you're not committing a crime, then you can stand your ground. You have no duty to retreat. Now, and that's if that person is committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, Aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. If they're attempting to enter or remove you unlawfully from your home, your vehicle, your place of business. Now, when it comes to the use, the use of force and daily force on property, no, people, you cannot shoot someone just because someone's in your backyard. If your house backs up to the green belt, this is the number two question. My house backs up to the green belt, and if someone hops my fence and they're they're committing criminal trespass, and they're in my backyard. Can I shoot them? No, you cannot. Unfortunately, uh, the only thing you can do is use force. Force is you can push them off the property. Uh, you can use pepper spray. You cannot use daily force because someone's committing criminal trespass. And just so you know, criminal trespass means you've asked them to leave. They refuse to leave. That's criminal trespass. The way this works is you have to call the police. The police have to show up. When the police show up, 
You tell that person and from the police officer to leave. If they refuse to leave, it's criminal trespass. If they leave and come back, that's criminal trespass. You can only use force. You cannot use daily force for criminal trespass. If someone's in your backyard, unfortunately, all you need to do, all you can do is call the police and get law enforcement involved. Uh, when it comes to using daily force in your property, here's how the breakdown is, people. Uh, you can use daily force to protect your property if a person is committing arson, burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime, or criminal mischief during the nighttime. Arson, doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. If there's a crowd of people and they're, you know, they're at a, a business somewhere and they're burning down the business, whether it's daytime or nighttime, you can use force, a daily force to stop them because that is arson. They're committing arson. If a person's committing burglary, you can use force, a daily force to stop burglary. Any portion of their body sticks to the door, the window uh, that protrudes through that door, that window, you can use force, a daily force to stop them. Doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. If they're committing robbery, they're taking something from you with force, you can use force, a daily force to stop them. Aggravated robbery, production of a weapon that caused injury to you when they take it from you, you can use force, a daily force to stop them. Theft, you can only use daily force if it's theft happening at night, not during the daytime. Theft, someone swipes something from you, uh, theft. Someone goes into a store, they take something off the shelf, that's theft. If someone pickpockets you, that is theft. If someone takes something from you with force, that is robbery. Or it could be aggravated robbery if they use a weapon. You can only use daily force with theft happening at night. And also criminal mischief. Toilet paper in your home, you know, graffiti in your property, you can use force, daily force to stop that. Remember, this election would have been different if this president may have stood up a little stronger for the Second Amendment and not heed and hawed and step back on it. If President Trump would not have banned bump stocks, he would not have banned of came after AR pistols like the honey badger, he would have been reelected president. Obama expanded gun owners rights, carried loaded firearms into the Grand Canyon and other national parks. Also, Amtrak passengers to carry guns and check baggage that happened under President Obama, reversing a ban that was put in place after 9-11. Don't forget it. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 